So let me tell you a story. The LA Clippers were up 3-1 in their series against the Denver Nuggets and <coughs> Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball in all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survival. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run, and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, Wolves, y'all remember? Quick question in sync, who's your favorite member? Oops, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State, yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> Is the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 125. What am I supposed to say again? This is the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 125. My name is Ray Ray. This was recorded on September the 16th, 2020. What is up? What is up is that the NBA Conference Finals is going to start... Well, it already started between, between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. They started on Tuesday night. And it's going to resume tomorrow night, uh, September 17th. Uh, with game two and then Friday we start with the Lakers and the Nuggets in the West and it's the Lakers and the Nuggets because the Clippers had another historic collapse they lost a 3-1 series lead against the Denver Nuggets similar to what happened five years ago against the Houston Rockets so yeah we're all shocked by that and my guest Jordan Liggins from the ringer she's gonna she's gonna go over that with me as well as the WNBA plus which is which is a very ex- which had a very exciting first round and uh, we're going to talk about all of that. All of that hoops talk for about an hour. I'm not going to delay you any further. So here's Jordan. She's the greatest of all time. We're back after this promo. Hey, it's Sarah Spain from ESPN. And you're listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. My name is Ray Ray. I'm fundamental. You know my guest. She thinks I'm mental. Roll call. She covers the WNBA for the ringer. Also a big Lakers fan, so she has a ton to say today. I might just let her go off for the next 30 or 40 minutes, but her name is Jordan Liggins. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm as good as can be. Um, Wow. Last night was something, right? Ooh, great way to kick it off. It I know. So uh, how are you in general, though? Like, I know the pandemic has been going on since, like, March 2020 B.C., so (laughs) (laughs) I am well I'm well I'm hanging in there I should say um it's been nice to work from home I'll be honest Mm -hmm. um everything we do from the ringer can be done from our computers anywhere so it's been nice to not have to go in the office not have to deal with LA traffic (laughs) Um, that's been great not gonna complain there but there has been a lot of things happening around the country that have taken a mental toll and yeah. being heavy, mm-hmm. but basketball has helped. 
I will be honest. <laughs> yeah, we can use all the distractions that we need. Although, of course, we can't we can't lose sight of the big picture that's obviously going on. Like obviously, right. social injustice. The world is on fire. Uh, we can't even breathe. We can't even breathe good air anymore. <laughs> so it's like it's been crazy. It really is, but. That's the thing that I love about basketball and the NBA and the WNBA and all sports right now is because that was their focus going in. They said, we are going to play and we are going to be entertainment, but we're not going to lose sight, just like what you said, of what's really happening, especially with everything revolving the Black Lives Matter movement and also the pandemic and making sure that we vote and really keeping the eyes on the prize. That, yes, basketball is fun. But every other hour of the day, there are bigger problems at hand. Yeah. And it's, well, it's not funny to me, but, like, it's just so puzzling how the good old boys network just think that, oh, th this is political, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, lives oh are being gosh. killed, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Oh, my gosh. Um, but let's go back to um, Tuesday night. <laughs> I know you have a I know you have a lot to say because we were talking about this offline about like, oh, God, I want the Nuggets to win or whatever. And then here we are after Game 7 and Twitter is on fire, even like right now as we were speaking, about how the Clippers just collapsed. Collapsed. It was an embarrassment. <laughs> I was laughing and pointing at the television and just saying, this is who you guys expected to beat the Lakers? Like, this is, like, this is your king? Like, that's what, I, I don't understand it. I hated all the hype. The Clippers were annoying from day one. <laughs> Pat Beverly is the most annoying player in the NBA. He reminds me of the people at LA Fitness that just talk this huge game, that are annoyance. Never score the ball, and they're just there to get on people's nerves. That is Patrick Beverly to me. So for the Clippers to fumble this series so terribly and blow a 3-1 lead, it's really just a cherry on top for me. I'm My <laughs> phone is on fire with Twitter and everyone roasting supposedly quote-unquote playoff P, which... <laughs> is my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. I love it. I, I love it. Kawhi should have came to the Lakers, and this is what you get when you go to the other less, you know, the stepchild of L.A. teams. <laughs> like, it's not just the manner. It's just not blowing a 3-1 lead. It's the way they lost it. Game 5, they were up by 16 in the third quarter. Gone. Game 6, they were up by 19 in the third quarter. Gone. Uh, game 7, they were leading by 12, and I was like, uh-oh, the Clippers are in trouble, they're up by double digits. <laughs> yeah, and the Nuggets know that. They were right where they wanted them. They were like, okay, you had your run, you had your peak, now it's time to bring in Jamal Murray and the Joker to obliterate them. Kawhi and Paul George had zero points in the fourth quarter. My gosh. How does that happen? How are we going to say that this is the new team of L.A. and crown them that when they haven't earned anything? That's what made me the most upset as a Lakers fan. How are we even going to give them any type of clout when they haven't done anything? What did they do? Beat us in the first game of the regular season? The Lakers are champions. That's what we do. 
So how how are we going to give them anything? So now that the Clippers lost, it just makes me even more happy because they really haven't done anything now. And my question mm-hmm. is Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. We need to start talking about Doc Rivers. Yes, we are going to rag on Kawhi and play off P, which is just amazing <laughs> to me. We're going to rag on them till the end of time. But Doc Rivers has been with the Clippers for seven years, I believe, and hasn't even made it to the Western Conference Finals. And there have been years in there where you definitely could have made it. Like, we have to start talking about that now. See, I was I was seeing this on a timeline, and I agree with him. I, that um, He kept playing Montrez Harrell in extended minutes when he's getting schooled by the Joker. Yeah. Like, you have Zubats, who, who's not going to stop Joker, but at least can do a decent job against him. But he kept playing Trez for some reason, as if he has some kind of loyalty or is being blackmailed or whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just terrible the last three years. It was years. terrible. Yeah. Nobody could, could stop the Joker. And that's why I'm really excited for the Lakers to play, because I feel like in the last series against the Rockets, we, I was really conflicted why we didn't utilize our bigs. I understand they couldn't, you know, guard the guards um, on the on the defensive end. But now we are going to throw in McGee to just pick up three fouls on Joker, just to stop him, just slow him down. Throw in Dwight Howard just to pick up a couple fouls. It's fine. Anthony Davis and LeBron are probably going to switch off on guarding him. But now we have that height. So it's, it's actually a better matchup, and I'm excited for it. I just would have hated playing the Clippers. I don't know how. <laughs> I can't even express it. Because if they would have won, if they would have won the first game, everybody would have been saying, oh, Lakers can't do it. LeBron who? And we aren't having that same type of level towards the Clippers. It was LeBron is put on this pedestal. And I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. Let me just put that out there. I think most Lakers well, fans aren't. Honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Kobe fan, ride mm. or die. I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. But, hey, if he can get us a championship, he can turn me into a <laughs> You know, the thing is, it's like when the Lakers play a quote-unquote small ball lineup, like, dude, Anthony Davis is not small. LeBron James is not small. Marquise <laughs> yeah. Morris is not small. So I don't know. Of course they would double the rebounding of the Rockets in the previous series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Definitely. Yeah. But, wow. Like, yeah, Doc Rivers, he's already blown three 3-1 leads in his coaching career. First with mm-hmm. Orlando in 2003, and then against the Rockets in 2015. You know, it's funny because he was saying, like, this is not like the 2015 Rockets team. I mean, a Clippers team. And I'm just like, dude, you're turning into that team right, right in front of us. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, how can- There's some kind of curse. There's a curse over the Clippers. Um, my my uh, co-worker, Haley O'Shaughnessy, she was saying that, um, you know, there was just a mutual agreement when the Clippers <laughs> moved <laughs> to San Diego oh, and then to L.A. It's just like in the fine details of their contract that they won't go past the Western Conference Finals. And they're just being a good sport about it. And I think that's how we have to look at it because there is this cloud of... Um, just a curse over the Clippers, and I'm ecstatic about it. I can't be happier. 
Believe it or not, I have two friends who have been Clippers fans since the early 90s. Yeah, I know. It sounds impossible, but they are. And, uh, <laughs> and um, today, they're just like, yeah, whatever. We just move on because it's the Clippers. It's how we feel as fans. That it's just the pain that they carry throughout their lives. That mm-hmm. they just accepted this. It's like, okay, sure, it just happened. <laughs> it's like they're so used to it. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. My other coworker, Isaac Lee, who's born in, and raised in LA, mm-hmm. and he is a Clippers fan, and he put money on the Nuggets. He was already. He's like, I know we're gonna lose this game. I have already before the game started. He's like, I've already accepted this, and I'm like, oh, see. Clippers fans, you guys are losers in yourselves. Like, how? What? How are you already giving up? Did I no. That whole organization, everything from covering up the Lakers championships because they were their feelings were hurt. I mean, I get in that. Staples actually. I actually get that. <laughs> I was sad. I was like, yes, look at them. They're there, and you don't have any. But yeah, it's great. I'm I'm loving today. <laughs> I'm loving Twitter, everything about it. <laughs> so, so okay, so now that the Nuggets have come back from 3-1 down twice mm-hmm. in this postseason, which has never been done ever, are you worried about the Nuggets? I'm not. Okay. Not at all. Fair. I, I, I'm worried more about the, the Lakers. I need them to come out the same. I feel like there's game one series Lakers and then game four game three is a different team game two is a different team we need to be our top tier talent every single game and the inconsistencies and the the scoring spells where you know we can't buy a basket and then we go on a 14-0 run like I feel like it's a roller coaster ride (laughs) being a Lakers fan right now and so I just want us to come out there and play our best every single game and I'm worried that we've had such a long break because that's going to be Frank Vogel's main excuse. Well, we haven't played in two weeks. And uh, so I, I don't want that to be an excuse. This Nuggets team is very, very tired. I can't imagine how exhausted they are. And they're going to run on this high for a little bit. But the Lakers' job is to crush their spirits. And to bring them back to reality, and this is a championship team that the Lakers have. It's going to be the role players that need to step up because the Nuggets role players do step up time and time again. And I'm not worried about the, you know, Jamal Murray, Jokic, LeBron, and AD matchup. We're going to win that. It's going to be the bench, the role players. Can Caldwell Pope hit the open shot? Can Rondo still be amazing playoff version of Rondo that he has been. That's what we're going to need night after night to go get past these Nuggets. The Nuggets were also tired against the Clippers, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, the late surge. We need to put this away early so they don't get that late surge but, later in the series. <laughs> but see, here, here are many people's theories about the Lakers in Game 1. They actually pretty much uh, scout the opposing team in game one, get a feel oh, of them. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> and then they bring, out, they bring out four straight, right? So, I mean, but who knows? Um, yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win too. It's just, again, like, yeah, the Nuggets the Nuggets should be tired. But, man, mm-hmm. they have they have this, this extra gear in, like, the late late series, basically. So maybe, maybe they shouldn't be down 3-1. 
<laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Don't even give them. Don't even give them that opportunity because the what I would hate the most is we're up three one and it's game four and everyone's like or game five and it's here we go again. That's what I do not want. So we need to put this to bed early. I don't think we're gonna sweep them, but we need to to show the upper hand, show we're the stronger team early in the series before they get that second wind and come back and haunt us. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm not trying to worry you or anything, or worry myself even, but like, Denver has a history of this. Uh, 94, they beat the Sonics, the, the the first eight seed to beat the number one seed team, and they were down uh, 0-2 in a five-game series, and they came back to win. The next series, they were down 3-0, and they forced a game seven, and nearly mm. beat the Utah Jazz. So, I'm not trying to worry you or anything, but they're kind of kings of comebacks. <laughs> I, I agree. And, I mean, even if we just look at this series, it's been magnificent to watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's been my favorite thing. Seeing Jamal Murray score 40 mm-hmm. on two of supposedly the best, you know, 3 and D guards in the league in Kawhi and Paul George, that is beautiful basketball. <laughs> Everybody is rooting for that. You know, like, yeah. just as a casual fan, you want to see that. You want to see the comeback kids, the – Supposedly underdogs, which I would combat that and say that they're the number three seed. So yeah. even when people were saying like, oh my God, the Nuggets beat the Clippers. I'm like, they're the number three seed and the Clippers <laughs> are the number two seed. So it's not like they were that number eight seed like you had mentioned before. Right. They have put in work all regular season and they have been beating people. So I think just in these past two series, it's been cool to see them just get that second win and just not give up more most teams will just fold in the towel say oh gosh that's too much work to win three in a row like that's too much and they have not said that so it's been great to watch but and i've been rooting for them in each series but now you're about to play the lakers so i'm sorry that's going to come to an end we're all going to remember this playoffs one because it's in the bubble but this incredible storyline that has, you know, come through that, we're never going to forget this. And that's going to be really fun to look back on, but it stops now. <laughs> yeah, and, and tell the Clipper fans about winning three in a row in the playoffs. <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go to the other series really quick. Uh, I know right now Boston Celtics and Miami Heat are going on, and what a finish that game had. Possibly, you know, we were talking about like the Marcus Smart game set on block. That was probably one of the all-timers ever uh, mm-hmm. in defensive plays. But Bam Adebayo blocking Jason Tatum's dunk at the end of that game was incredible too. It was incredible. I can, I think I've watched it probably fifty times, <laughs> and every time, like my wrist hurts because I see it bend back yeah. over the rim. And I, when I played college basketball, I actually tore my labrum and my shoulder. Oh, wow. And I just saw that happen. <laughs> like, I'm sure all the adrenaline of that moment and, and everything, there was no pain that Bam felt. But us watching it, I was like, oh, my gosh, ow, just seeing his arm mm-hmm. bend back. But talk about the Miami Heat. Holy crap. They are incredible. And they play so tough to the very last second, to the very last play. And I feel like that Bam 
Block is the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love watching them play. I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan, and I was also rooting for these Celtics, but I think I have Miami in this series. Mm. Imagine that. Like, because wow. Jimmy Butler just got there, and they are playing a lot of, a lot of young players. And at the time, there was a Dion Waiters problem, and at the time, they had James Johnson was out of shape, and we're thinking, this team is going to make the playoffs, probably? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And then here they are, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, they got it all together pretty quickly, I must say. And I think that's a that's a testament to Eric Spolster and his coaching. But, wow, like, they ran over the Bucks, they swept the Pacers, mm-hmm. like, they've been incredible this season. They've only lost one game in the postseason. <laughs> I think that that is a crazy stat that needs to be shouted from the rooftops. Yeah. Because not only was it a number one seed that they, you ran know, over. went yeah. through, ran over. Yeah. Um, that they almost swept, which would have just been amazing. Yeah. Um, but they are just, I love those gritty teams that don't, you know, Jimmy Butler is a superstar. Right. But you have players like, like Bam, like Nunn. Um, like Tyler Hero, who is just having a crazy rookie season. Um, Duncan Robinson, the ringer is doing a feature on him mm-hmm. um, that's publishing tomorrow. And just people Sweet. that have these these weird and unorthodox way of getting to the league. But Eric Spolstra just takes them under his wing, develops them, really pours into player development, which I love. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting their chance to shine. Um it's my favorite thing. I love watching it. And, you you know, the Celtics, you know, as a Lakers fan, you don't know. <laughs> but this young Celtics team has also been mag- magnificent. You know, Jason Tatum is a budding star. He's next. He is, he's he's next. next in line. Yeah. Like, if you just imagine, look at the future of the NBA. You have Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That is that is amazing. And Jalen Brown as well. So Kimba, he's gonna get his he's gonna get it going. He's struggled, but he's going to get it going. I have no doubt in my mind yeah. about Kimba Walk. Yeah. But it's going to take more than that to beat this Miami team. Like you're going to have to fight somebody. That's what I love. You Jimmy Butler will fight you in order to win this game. And I, I just admire that. That's my favorite thing about basketball. You have to get down and dirty and go until the very last second. And together, I think they're so, they gel so well as a group. They do. Which is just really great to watch. Mm-hmm. This is a far cry from the glamorous Hollywood as hell LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade uh, early 2010s Miami Heat team. This is a yeah, like you said, they're, they're down yeah. and dirty, they're gritty, they will fight you. There is nothing fancy about Jimmy Butler. He's a fantastic player, but you don't see him like, you know, he doesn't really dunk over somebody. He doesn't get on fire as like a Stephen Curry would or a Clay Thompson would. Like, he is just, he'll just fight you. <laughs> he'll just fight you. He will. Yes, and just kill you in a mid-range jumper. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and or just, like, he's so strong, so he'll get an and one that changes the whole course of the, the second half, you know, something like that, because he just brings that energy, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I love what he said about, you know, hey, Jimmy Butler, are you bringing your family to the bubble? And he's like, this is a business trip. 
I love them, but what's a couple more months? Yeah. And I just, that was textbook Jimmy Butler. I yeah. loved it because it is a business trip. They're so focused. They have that mentality of, you know, if we stick together, if we play harder than our opponent, we're going to beat them. Mm-hmm. As an athlete, I have always loved the phrase, you know, hard work beats talent. Yes. Every time. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at that Buck series, you see Giannis and everyone's like, wow, he is a talented player. He's the MVP. But the Bucks, the rest of the Bucks team is atrocious. Don't even get me started about that. <laughs> and the Heat outworked them. And yeah. that was just a beautiful sight to see. And now you have them against a Marcus Smart who should be on that Heat team. You know, yeah. like he is that person. Yeah. He is a whole Heat team in one person. So it's going to take Boston to get on the back of Marcus Smart and grind it out. And that's what's going to be the difference, I think. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like Jay Butler has rubbed people the wrong way because of his hard work and he's so tenacious and he's so intense. Like, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, Chicago uh, didn't end well. Minnesota, because they were such a young team, they don't understand the hard work that it takes to get to the next level. So they clashed. Uh, Philadelphia, um, I guess they didn't want to hurt the stars there because Jimmy Butler should be their closer. But no, they decided to go with Embiid and Simmons as their closers, and look what it got them, right? So mm-hmm. Philly's out. Miami's in the conference finals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I love it. it. It's it's been crazy, and and the thing is, it's like this is the thing that I didn't take into account before the season started. Miami Heat is all about like they keep mentioning Heat culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the hard work, the grit, the discipline, and it fits Jimmy Butler to a T. Like it was perfect. Perfect. It was fit. a match made in heaven. Yeah, I am so happy he made that move. I, I don't think he was happy in Philly. Um, and I, I just love all the Jimmy Butler stories. Jimmy Buckets is what I love. I think he has the best nickname right now. But, um, you know, him working out at 3 a.m. before, you know, drenched in sweat before practice even starts. Three hours before practice starts. You know, he's just that type of person. And I always admire players that will, you know, if it's one-on-one and they say, okay, you might be better than me, but you're never going to outwork me. Right. And I think that that is that's that Miami Heat team. And again, like you mentioned, it starts with Eric Spoelstra, mm-hmm. and it starts with Pat Riley. Yeah. You know that just going from the top down. Mm-hmm. It starts from their organization, and this series is going to be so fun, so fun. Yeah. So you're pretty much predicting a Lakers Heat Finals, right? That's probably like nine years too late for you. I know. <laughs> I know, that's really funny. I guess I am. That's so... I haven't even thought of it like that. That's weird. Yeah, Especially when everyone's talking about Milwaukee. Yeah. So that they're not even in the picture. I love it. Yeah, because we had wanted a LeBron-Kobe finals forever, and we never got it. Thank you, Orlando. <laughs> Thank you, Boston. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, no, I, I'm I'm here for it. It's 2020. Weirder stuff has happened. <laughs> So let's just get a chaotic Lakers Heat finals mm. where Jimmy Butler just gets takes everything personal, but the Lakers prevail. Yeah. Let's do it. For Kobe, let's do it. Yeah, and for a little bit obscure here, uh, it gets another rematch between Frank Vogel and Eric Spolstra, who was in the East Finals in the 
early 2010s, so. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. There's layers to this. There is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I want a Lakers-Celtics finals, but, I mean, Lakers heat wouldn't be wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, honestly, either way. Lakers-Celtics, <laughs> yeah. okay, we go. History, yeah. History, and, okay, who won, which games, and the, I feel like. The networks are really wanting that so they can just bring out all this nostalgia. Yes. But I, I'm also here for an underdog story of the the grimy Heat team against the, you know, champions of, of the past, mm-hmm. Lakers. Like, I'm here for that. Yeah. But imagine, because this is a copycat league, right? So imagine if the Heat win the entire thing and it's going to be like, oh, now we have to pl- we have to make a defensive team now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because uh, last episode I was talking to, um, you know Brady Klopfer, right? Do you know him? I think so. Yeah. That we good. were talking about, like, what if the Pacers and the Grizzlies got to the NBA Finals in 2013? Oh, my gosh. It would The score would be, like, 10 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be, like, the most unwatchable NBA Finals. And we, we, might, we might still get to the Warriors later on. But, man, that would have probably changed the league for a few years or so. Yeah, it really would have. Yeah. It is a, definitely a copycat league, and that's why I'm so happy that we were able to eliminate the Rockets so everyone can just see that that doesn't work. Small ball, not having a center, having P.J. Tucker risk his life every game. That's how I saw it. I'm like, poor P.J. Are you kidding me? Did they consult him before they just decided to to make him that guy? Um and I'm so glad we just erased that. Like, no, that's not a thing. You need bigs. This is the NBA. And, yes, we have shooters surrounding everybody. But, no, you need centers. You need bigs. So I, I was so happy about that. C- kill that storyline. It's done. <laughs> I'm a 5'7 dude. And I accepted a long time ago that basketball is for the tall people. <laughs> so I know. I'm 5'6. But I, I like to play bigger. I was, and I would, you know, patent the roster. I would say I was like five nine every time I played. So they would scout for someone bigger. Right. And then when I showed up, I wasn't that big. But I like to think I played bigger. So I, I admire PJ Tucker. Uh-huh. But there's no way in hell am I going to volunteer for that position yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, so playing a roster full of, like, 5-1 people isn't going isn't gonna to work yeah. against <laughs> Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Markeith Morris, who they say is small ball, but, oh, my God, they're humongous. Massive. <laughs> and that's why we won. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kristen Ledlow, and I was once on the Ray Reyes Fundamental Podcast. Once. That was enough. Okay, so we're here to talk to BMA. Uh I know we kind of like straight away because I know you want to talk about the Clippers, but let's talk about the WNBA where, um, first of all, the Connecticut Sun defeated the Chicago Sky. Um, we picked the Sky to win, but they held down Sloot, and the Sun just won the third quarter. They just dominated in the third quarter. You know, I was really disappointed in Chicago Sky's performance. Mm-hmm. I felt like... They came out really flat. They didn't have any energy. And I, I don't know. That was not what I was expecting. Gabby Williams had a great game. Right. And she seemed like she came to play and came to win. But, you know, 
they did hold Sloot and Allie Quigley to minimal shots, very minimal shots. But it was the energy part. It was the, you know, take ownership, take pride that this is a winner go home game. Mm-hmm. And you hear, you know, in one of the the mic'd up sections and James head coach James Wade is like, Hey, this is winner go home. Like, hello, wake up. And that can't happen. Yeah. That cannot happen, especially in a second half of a single elimination game. We all know the WNBA playoffs has a unique playoff format, and you have to bring it. Your whole season is riding on your performance of one game. Some people think it's not fair. I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's pure chaos, and <laughs> I, I'm so here for it because it does. It, it separates teams. It says, okay, how are you going to show up? Connecticut had a horrible start to the season. They... Oh, and five. Yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Dewana Bonner. This is going to bring this team to the next level. And they started off really slow. But they're peaking at the right moment. Excuse me. And I think Alyssa Thomas. I was telling, I'm staying with my parents right now, and I was watching the game, and and I was like, if Alyssa Thomas was walking down the street, I would probably go to the other side of the street. Because she me. Like, she would just beat me down. And that's exactly what she did to the Chicago Sky. She got 10 offensive rebounds. I think it was, what, 25 points? And... They didn't have an answer. She would go the full length of the court. And that's my issue. It was effort that I had the problem with the Chicago Sky. We talked about rebounding with the Rockets. Um, <laughs> it happened to the Chicago Sky, too. 40-21, uh, to 21, they were out-rebounded out by, the, by, the uh, by the Sun. And you, that can't happen. <laughs> I can't, I yeah. guess it can't happen. Yeah. Always. The team, I mean... I, I'm a fact checker, and I could go back and look at stats, but about 90% of the time, mm-hmm. the team that wins a rebounding battle will win the game. Right. And especially, you know, the the Connecticut Sun aren't a crazy great shooting team, but when you give them 10 extra chances, <laughs> just from Melissa Thomas, yeah. if you give them 10 extra chances, they're going to make a basket. They're a WNBA team. Yeah. So you have to stop them to limit them to one shot especially when you know that that's not their strength. And also, almost all their points came in the paint. So yeah. what are you going to do to stop them? I feel like this guy didn't really play Stephanie Dolson a lot the second half, um, but Cheyenne Parker, who's been playing great for them um, you know, in the, the past games, was, was trying her best, but then you saw them get frustrated with each other. They started arguing, well... I'm doing everything. Where's my help? And and that's where it collapses. That's where the Sun won the game even before the game was over. And they're going to they're going to kick themselves. They're going to say, "Man, if we had that game back, the we have a laundry list of things that we could have done better." But we have to give the Sun credit. Mm-hmm. Dewana Bonner didn't even play her best. Yeah. Alyssa Thomas put that team on her back and said, "I'm not ready to go home." Let's keep going. Let's keep fighting. And they beat them. Like, they didn't just win. They beat them. Yeah. 
uh, 28-13-8 for Alyssa Thomas, and you were right. They had 10 more shots to this, to this guy. Uh, Duana Bonner lived at the line. He was, she was 13 for 13. Yeah, and you mentioned the effort. Like, I didn't see, like, the, I didn't see a, a performance on Sheyan Parker. Uh, Kalia Copper did all right, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, she wasn't standing out or anything like that. Ali quickly led, led the team with 19 points, and you mentioned Gabby Williams. She had 16 yeah, I mean the effort just wasn't there. Uh, they couldn't, they couldn't outwork them. The the theme of this podcast, <laughs> they couldn't yeah. outwork the the Connecticut Sun. That's exactly right. And when I um, did my you know playoff primer um, for the Ringer, I, I said just that. I said it's going to take everybody to beat yeah. this Connecticut Sun. It's going to take Copper to play like how she's been playing in the most improved player conversation and Cheyenne Parker is going to keep that energy that she has been I I think I was just like oh well we know what we're going to get from Sloot from Allie Quigley I think it never crossed in my mind that they would not have a good game yeah. <laughs> um, so that was I didn't even write that I was like well it's going to be all the role players right so when the role players and your stars don't perform to the baseline level that's it's tough it's really tough to yeah. dig out the hole. I feel like the last four minutes of the game, they started hitting shots and playing with energy and getting stops, and you played three quarters, three and a half quarters, where it was a dud. It was nothing. So it was a little too late there. Yeah. You mentioned Alyssa Thomas, and I have to keep bringing this up every podcast, every tweet, whatever, but she is a tank. Imagine if she had functioning shoulders. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. And I, I, just like I said earlier, you know, I, I did tear my labrum. Mm-hmm. So I know how painful that is. Yeah. And the first time I heard that, two things went through my mind. Uh-huh. One, that she is fighting through pain every single day yes. to play basketball, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And two, goes, it goes into the bigger conversation of women's basketball, how she's not able to take time away from the game mm-hmm. to get that surgery because she has to go and play overseas a mm-hmm. couple weeks after. You know, when, when they were in the finals last season and everyone was like, okay, well, she's going to get get surgery on her labrums. And she's like, no, I have to go overseas like tomorrow. You know, like yeah. that is so sad to me because that is an <laughs> I can't even say how how painful that is that you can't raise your arm over your head like it's so painful and that the women's game doesn't allow that space because she wouldn't even have enough money um you know she makes way more money overseas than she does in the WNBA right and there's no gap in time for her to have a surgery that would change her career for the better yeah. And can't even do it. Mm-hmm. She lives in pain every day. She has two torn labrums. And here I am. I get bit by an ant and I cry for like 10 minutes. <laughs> this woman is tough. She is super tough. She's and, – and it's everyone keeps saying it, and I know you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. They probably mention it every single game that she plays, every time she's on the free throw line yeah. to explain why her her shot looks so unorthodox and so weird. But I think everybody needs to know that. They need yeah. to know that she is having that type of stat line that you just said mm-hmm. with 
Two torn labrums. Yeah, two torn labrums with not even full functioning shoulders. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> That's why I keep bringing it up because they have to know the pain that she goes through. And yeah. she's, I don't think even when we mention it every day, she's not getting enough credit because, oh my gosh, we're basketball. We're basketball sucks. I can beat them. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. People are stupid. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to the other game with uh, Washington Mystics and Phoenix. Mer- oh my God, what a finish that was! The Mystics what? against the Mercury. Oh my goodness! I will tell you straight off the top, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Mercury did not deserve to win that game. <laughs> they got so lucky and blessed that Shea Petty was on a revenge tear. Um. Not a lot of people may know, but Shay mm-hmm. Petty was a rookie at 30 years old, mm-hmm. and she was away from the WNBA. Mystics call her up before the bubble because, you know, they're without Elena Deladon, Tina Charles, and they give her a chance. Then they wave her. Yeah. Phoenix picks her up, and then she hits the game-winning <laughs> shot to send the team that brought her here home. Yeah. You can't have a better story than that. That is just the beauty it's of crazy. the WNBA. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. the Mystics were up by 12 with 8 minutes left in the game. And I'm just kind of like, man, the Mystics have, like, all the answers against the Mercury. There's no way the Mercury can catch. Oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Leilani Mitchell had the game of her life. She did. also... She played on Phoenix last season. They mm-hmm. cut her yep. to get Skylar Diggins-Smith. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she had a chip on her shoulder coming in. And they the best part and the most surprising part is Maisha Hines-Allen, mm-hmm. who should definitely be, you know, talked about in the most improved player mm-hmm. conversation, didn't have a great game yeah. at all. Yeah. She got in foul trouble in the first quarter, I think. So she was really MIA, and that Mystics team stepped up. They've been one of my favorite stories to follow this season, how they started 3-0, and and everybody was like, Elena Deladon who? And no one was really saying that. But they were really excited (laughs) about this Mystics team who pretty much everyone counted out. And they fought the very last minute of their very last game to make it into the playoffs. And it's crushing to see them go this way but what a game for phoenix to come back to really dig deep i was really surprised and i was like is diana tarasi gonna let this happen like Mm -hmm. this can't yeah she's not gonna let this happen she was 13 and one in single elimination games coming into this game yeah so i'm like there's gonna be a switch that goes off at some point Mm-hmm. And when that second half started, that's <laughs> what happened. She was in there yelling and cussing at every single one of those women, probably including her coach, to say, we are not going home. Yeah. And that's and that's what happened. It was beautiful. <laughs> she she scored 18 of 23 in the second half. Uh, Skyler Diggins finished with 24. Uh, and you mentioned Leilani Mitchell, who, by the way, missed a clutch free throw before that ensuing possession where Shea Petty made a three. Yes, yes. Man, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Emma Miesemann was her usual finals MVP self. She scored 18 points. She even had that clutch steal in the the breakaway layup 
to oh, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, but you know the Phoenix Mercury got a pedicure at the end. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that shot. First of all, the pass. We have to talk about the pass. The pass was so difficult. From like, the other side of the court, driving towards the basket, one-handed, all the way to the other corner for Shea Petty. And then the the calmness, the cool, calm, and collected to let Leilani Mitchell fly by, keep your footing, and just knock it down. That is so hard to do because you want to just throw it up. Oh, my gosh. Shot's going down. Throw it up. And she kept her calmness she was cool and i erupted i was jumping up and down i was like i love basketball so (laughs) much that this was a single elimination game buzzer beater it was it was just beautiful i'm just excited just talking about it (laughs) she 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 knew the clock i think it's amazing to me that she knew the clock because what if she didn't have enough time to pump fake and then shoot but it's it was just perfect. She did it perfectly in the chaos and the chaos of it all. <laughs> right? I know. And, and, yet- and she was playing well the whole game. Yeah. That was also my favorite part. It was like a reward for playing well the whole game. She got, you know, steals in prime moments that swung the momentum. She was playing good defense. She was attacking. And the whole broadcast was like, look at Shea Petty. Look yeah. at Shea Petty. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so happy that that was the exclamation point of a really great game mm-hmm. that she had. So that just made it just a cherry on top. It was beautiful. Yeah, she had three steals in that game, like you mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you mentioned a pass by Skylar. Uh, it floated, and I'm like, oh, my God, is it going to get there? But it was just the right pass. It got there. It was perfect. And, and you know what? I'm going to be a little hard on Skylar. Mm-hmm. She made two key turnovers mm-hmm. at the end of that game. Yeah. And that's why I was saying they didn't deserve to win. Right. Because you can't make those type of mistakes mm-hmm. at that, you know, you just can't. So I was like, wow, well, the Mystics got this. This is their, this is their star player. This is their point guard. She needs to be smarter than that, and especially, you know, driving in. It was four people that were guarding her at one point when she did that drive. Yeah. Um, so just having to be smarter in crunch time moments, and she struggled that first half. Her and Sarasi turned it on in, in the second, but yeah. it was a struggle, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Is Diggins Smith going to fumble this? Like, this was her first year here. This is what she wanted. But I was reminded that they're doing all of this without Brittany Griner and without Bria Hartley, who yeah. played so well for them mm-hmm. at the first half of the season. So putting it in that perspective, they fought back. They knew they were, you know, the favorite, but also this Mystics team is on a high. So we have to fight the storylines, the Maisha Hines Allen, <laughs> most improvement. Like, we're fighting all of that mm-hmm. as well as battling in between the lines. So I'm actually – I'm proud of them, but they're going to have to do it again yeah. Thursday. Yeah, and they're going to have to do it against the Minnesota Lynx, which yeah. I, I think they're the most surprising team in the bubble because uh, they lost Sylvia Fowles early in the year. Um, they're, they're a young team. Uh, but we didn't expect, like, Crystal Dangerfield to have a Rookie of the Year campaign. Uh, oh and, yeah, they've been they've been amazing this season. 
They have been so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cheryl Reeve is the best coach in the WNBA. Right. She is amazing. And this team, Nafisa Collier is one of my favorite players because, sticking on the theme, mm-hmm. no one is going to outwork <laughs> Nafisa Collier. And the Minnesota Lynx, they lead the league in offensive rebounds. They are going to go after the ball. Mm-hmm. And that is, I love that about them. Yeah. Crystal Dangerfield is amazing, especially mm-hmm. we talked about height. She's probably my same height, that point <laughs> guard, small guard. Yeah. Everyone kind of counts out because of her size. Yeah. She is on a whole other level, and that's where I attribute it to Cheryl Reed. Mm-hmm. She has put the confidence in her to say, take over this team. Odyssey Sims was not there. This yeah. is your team. You are a floor general, and she has just put on that crown put on that cape, and has done it for them. And everybody else on the team really um, has been feeding off of that and that energy and that confidence that she has. Dangerfield is right now than in any season at UConn for four <laughs> years, which is, like, not the, the typical transition from college to the pros. And I'm so incredibly proud of her and this Lynx team, they had a little trouble in the single elimination last year. I'm, I hope that they come out and bring that same energy. There's talks that Sylvia Fowles may be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote in my piece that I don't know if they need her. They've been playing really, really well without her. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that doesn't mess up the flow. But when you have a 13-year vet who's a champion... That's only going to help you at, at times. Yeah. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope that the Phoenix don't um, have a, you know, an emotional crash. After a buzzer beater, it's really hard mm-hmm. to go and play the next game. And they're going to have to refocus, rewire, and uh, go after it again against another tough team. So who you got? Oh, I think... I think I'm going to go with Minnesota on this one. I like Phoenix only because I don't think Diana's going to lose this game. <laughs> it's really hard to bet against Diana Taurasi. I know. It's it's tough. So, like, she's the GOAT. So it's like I can't I can't go against her. You know? So, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I This is hard. I never want to commit. I'm always like, well, yeah, it's fine. It's it fine. could be either That's one. how we are because by the time the third quarter comes, like, no, I've always liked the Mercury. Yeah, you know? Exactly. So, Exactly. <laughs> it's fine. And then we have the other side of my fi- uh, uh, second round matchup between the LA Sparks, our home team, against the Connecticut Sun. Uh, the Sparks are tough, though, man. Like, they're, they're super tough. They are really tough, but mm-hmm. like I was talking about in my story, mm-hmm. last year they fumbled mm-hmm. the bag. Fumbled it terribly. Right. right. It was horrible. I was there. At Cal State Long Beach, when I saw Candace Parker and NECA sitting on the bench, right. being as confused as everybody else in that gym, saying, why isn't your star player on the floor? When it, it just seemed out way before. And this was the, you know, final game of the series. Yeah. And um, I, I think that now that it's Connecticut, that's going to fuel them even more. Um, they've had a remarkable year. Candace Parker has been playing MVP level basketball. Um, mm-hmm. 
but their consistency has always been my thing with the Sparks. Mm -hmm. They are either really up or really down, and you only have one game now. So you can do that over the course of a game as long as you're up at the end. Right. Uh, but I think it, being Connecticut, being the team that knocked them out last year, and I hope that that fuels them even more. Mm-hmm. So... Who who are you, who are you going to not commit to in this game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna not commit to the Sparks. Okay. Um, Dewana Bonner is is going to have a great game. Right. I know. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Thomas is going to have a great you game. That. Yep. It's going to be the Raquana Williams for the Sparks. The Brittany Sykes. Mm-hmm. Tia the, Cooper. Uh, yeah, Tia Tia Co- Cooper. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tia Cooper and Candice and Neca just being the amazing players that they are. So, I'm going to not commit to this <laughs> That's That's my choice. <laughs> and, you know what's, and you know what's still weird is that Simone Augustus is still is in the Sparks, which yes. I, we obviously know she's been in the Olympics forever. Oh, my gosh, yes. And she has been playing, like, the fountain of youth has washed upon her. Yeah. That was my favorite storyline, especially at the beginning of the season, yeah. how she was just, just got like a vitamin D <laughs> shot. Like she was just like so much energy, hitting all her shots, mm-hmm. having the sparks there to just pump her up, fill her head. Like, yes, you are. She was one of my favorite players when she first came into the league and coming from LSU. So I think that this is familiar territory for mm-hmm. Simone Augustus. And yeah. she's going to bring that veteran wisdom to the sparks team. Um, how to handle this moment, how to be cool, calm, and collected, and I think she's going to be a very valuable asset, not only when she hits those open shots, but off the court as well. Dare we say she's the X factor in this game? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. say it. Let's not commit to that one. Yeah, let's <laughs> not commit to saying that she's the X factor. We're talking about hard- game, we didn't commit. <laughs> we're talking about hard working and we're not committing to anything great. Um <laughs> This is Shay, Shay Serrano, and you are listening to the Ray Ray is fundamental podcast. I think Ray Ray should change the name of the podcast, but he likes it, so that's what you're listening to. Yeah, so <laughs> Uh, one last story before I let you go. Uh, we just learned, speaking of the links, that Maya Moore has married Jonathan Irons, which is incre- an incredible story in itself, really. It's my favorite thing. That was the first thing that I saw this morning. Me too. And Me too. <laughs> I have been so happy ever since because, one, I'm just a huge believer in love mm-hmm. and I'm just such a romantic. Mm-hmm. And hearing their story and also seeing that video of them on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts and yeah. how elated they look. They were just yeah. over being happy. And I always want happiness for uh-huh. everybody. Yeah. And I love that their story is this unorthodox love story and how she said that she met him over 13 years ago mm-hmm. when he had already been in prison for 10 years and her goal was 
always to get him free because she believed that he did not commit a crime. Mm -hmm. And then they fell in love over the course of her fighting for him. Like, are you kidding me? That just writes itself. That yeah. is just a beautiful story yeah. that I'm rooting for them. I love it. Yeah. She is one of the greatest basketball players ever. And ever. she gave up her career to free this man. And now they're married. That's amazing to me. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's not like I, I think a lot of people that don't know the women's game or aren't familiar with Maya Moore. Mm -hmm. It's not like her career was fading and she was like, you know what? Let me just step away for a little bit. She was at her peak, mm -hmm. at her prime time. Mm -hmm. And she stepped away for something that was bigger than herself, bigger than basketball, bigger than anything yeah she said i am going to put this all aside and put all my energy and focus into something that truly matters and to show people that this is bigger than basketball i am more than an athlete more than a basketball player mm -hmm. and i i love with everything to bring you know the show full circle going back to social justice that everyone has really been able to see that and mm -hmm. see her work ethic and see that she was doing this before any of us and before any of these uh, right. of the leagues. Um, and that the WNBA has really been at the forefront of social justice and speaking out for what's right. Maya Moore was on that Lynx team in 2016 when, you know, they committed a whole press conference to talking about police brutality Yes. And Black Lives Matter and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So and take and kneeling uh, during the anthem. So this isn't new for a league that has been fighting to be seen mm -hmm. um, since its inception. So I, I've just been really happy that people are finally witnessing what true WME fans have known all along. Right. Um, that this is bigger than basketball, and this is the the fight that is the good fight. Mm -hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks have been getting a lot of credit for um, starting the the sports walkout uh, a few weeks ago, but really, if it wasn't for the WNBA being doing doing this for years now, forever now, then, for, forever, yeah, yeah. then and, and they started, you know, Milwaukee Bucks. After that, they were like, "Hey, we need to get organized. We need to have, mm -hmm. you know, a social justice committee with athletes and." Yeah. The WNBA did that at the start of the season. So that's just another example that they are at the forefront and they are really leading this charge. And the, every single team has been doing something different. I, I wanted to acknowledge, you know, the shot clock violation that was at the start of each game. And it's because they want to take that moment during the broadcast to point the energy and the conversation to a specific initiative or to call out what they're what you can do in your city to vote and everything like that which is just beautiful to watch mm -hmm. it is groundbreaking mm -hmm. and i'm so happy that we're we're able to have this conversation on a deeper level of these incredible athletes because mm -hmm. they are incredible people as well yeah and one more thing like yeah the milwaukee bucks may have won the championship this season but if it gets society moving forward, then I am proud of them for making that walk-off. Totally, totally. And there, there was a lot of, of um, you know, pushback. Yeah. Uh, that maybe they did a start. They did a strike. 
but it was only for a couple days or they really needed to do it for the rest of the season or else it didn't matter. And I disagree. I think we really got people talking because this is the playoffs and if you are a Milwaukee Buck fan or if you just want to watch basketball, you ha- you are forced to take a step back and regroup and say, you know, all these things have gone away. These things are still happening in our country. And even though we started playing basketball a couple, you know, a month ago, things have not miraculously gotten better. So I applaud them for starting that strike and pressing pause and refocusing the attention. Mm -hmm. And, And exactly what she said, they may not have won the championship. They may not have won that series, but they did something bigger. They're going to, their name and their team name is going to be um, circled around in this season for years to come, mm-hmm. regardless of the the, the wins. Yeah, and, and Jalen Brown asked the question, like, "So, what are you gonna do if you go home? Are you gonna are you just gonna kick it with your family, or are you gonna do? Or are you gonna be out there in the forefront of social justice, right?" And you can yeah. have the most publicity when everyone is watching basketball. So I get that point. Definitely, yeah. and I, I'm excited for it to to keep going. I mean. We know that the NBA season is probably going to be back on Christmas Day. So the co- the country is not going to get better <laughs> miraculously <laughs> yeah. by December. So I hope that this is an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. It has to be because yeah. as somebody who is black, mm-hmm. this is our life every single day. Mm-hmm. So regardless if the cameras are on, if the basketball games are on, off the court, on the court, mm-hmm. our skin color is still very prevalent in our life mm-hmm. because of this country. So I hope that this conversation continues for not only this season or next season, but it's all it's going to be ingrained in what the NBA and the WNBA do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so please, everyone, let's keep, let's keep this conversation going. I still can't believe that you guys hate people because of the color of their skin. It's so evil. It's so awful. Uh, and by the way, these black people are not there to dance for you guys. Mm. That's mm-hmm. that. This is what this is what really troubles me. Is but it's like all they care about is their entertainment. No, they just want to be in the level playing field as the white people. That's all they want. Right? They just want our lives to matter. Mm-hmm. The bare, bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just the bare minimum. Jeez, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to trivialize that, but you know, but we know what you mean. Yes, like, or, yeah, but it is. It's, yeah. it's the matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. please. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm a person of color too, so it's not like I, I it's, it's not as bad as you guys, but we, we feel it too. You know, I'm Filipino, yeah. so. I, oh I, gosh, I feel I, I feel I, like I have a disadvantage too compared to the white people, but mm-hmm. I don't have it as bad as you guys. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah. But conversations like this and and you know um, a lot of people and people that don't agree with the Black Lives Matter movement are saying you know enough already. You know just get on with the with the sports. Get on with the basketball. We're we're over talking about this. And it's only been, you know, this has only been since, what, May? Yeah. And this has been for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. of our ancestry. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of ridiculous that people are saying, like, oh, we're over it. Like, Mm -hmm. so are we. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're over it too. And we've been fighting this for a long time. Yeah. And I, I just hope that with sports, that it doesn't become a distraction, but even though it's been wonderful to have these wonderful basketball games that we've been talking about mm-hmm. and these players playing at an incredibly high level, but that they are humans first mm-hmm. and that we consider their mental health mm-hmm. and that we consider their their families and everything that they're doing because they are people. Um, so I, I'm excited to watch more basketball, but I'm more excited for the conversations to keep going mm-hmm. about changes that we can make in this country for the betterment of everybody in this country. Yeah, ironically, it's because white people live in a bubble, too. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they really do. All right, all right, Jordan, so tell us what you got going on. Uh, tell us your social media stuff, whatever you got. Yeah, so you can find my stories about the WNBA on TheRinger.com, and you can follow me on Twitter, at underscore Jordan Liggins and on Instagram at Jordan Liggins. Awesome. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google, um, iHeartRadio, whatever. Just search for Ray Ray is Fundamental. You can follow me on Twitter at the no look past. You know the one that has like uh, two hands that sing- that that um, signals R2. That's Ray Ray right there. Uh, and that is all I got. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That is Jordan Liggins. She is the hardest worker in the room. I am Ray Ray. I just want to go to sleep. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks. Game over, yeah! Hashtag blame Ray Ray.